This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London Weekend Review Podcast. And my name's Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint after a night where very proud Brentford actually played Chelsea. Chelsea came down to New Griffin Park, and the result didn't quite go to plan, but let's just say we gave it as good as we got as we went down 1-0, but it was like the Alamo in the last 20, 25 minutes or so. It was absolutely, it was incredible, incredible game. And so many people messaged me and they, they sent messages and texts and phone calls and everything like that saying, unbelievable, Brentford should have got a result, but we didn't. And I'm sitting here with me chums. Like I said to you, Weekend Review Podcast is where we briefly go through that whole game. We talk about all the main points, the main talking points, and we go through it in a snip, snap fashion. And then we'll discuss it a little bit more in the podcast later on in the week. So I've got Laney in the house. Laney, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, um, still bit buzzy from last night, bouncing. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a great night at New Griffin Park. Lots of new memories. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about, obviously, how odd it is to lose but still feel up, which is, you know, slightly defeatist, some would say, but I'd say realistic. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a, a good old chinwag this afternoon. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And we've also got the Briggsy B in the house. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Very well. Um, I also agree with Laney. I haven't felt this jubilant after a loss in some time. Um, so it's a bit of a strange feeling this morning, but overall very positive. Very positive indeed. And if you want to talk about sort of strange feelings and how the fans are feeling, go to prideofwest.london. Check out the post-match podcast where we talk to fans directly after the game and they were giving us their views on how they felt after losing 1-0 to Chelsea at New Griffin Park. But let's, let's, let's just crack on, as it is like, you know. And the first thing that I want to get from you guys as well is your main takeaway from this game, Laney. My main takeaway is um, it was helped by listening to uh, the cracking post-match podcast. I mean, you know, well done for collecting all of those straight after the game and back in the boozer. Because what it did, it kind of crystallised how I felt. And what, how I felt was kind of humbled that my team had, had taken the European champions and, and champions 
Premier League champions elect to, to, to the edge and we pushed them so hard and what what was warming was the fact that we hadn't it clearly not we haven't become big time charlies and we we are kind of philosophical in defeat and i think that was i think that's important because we it's easy to kind of stop enjoying it and and start taking it obviously it's ta- we've got to take it serious we're not we're not here for a laugh but it, it's easy to get a bit too carried away and you've got to keep it real. Um, and, and, I, and I think we were measured in defeat and we've been measured in victory so far. And I think that's important because, you know, there are there are going to be tough times and they're going to be higher times. Um, and I think last night it, it, it kind of encapsulated what was special about supporting Brentford. And that's, that's not changed since we've moved to a new stadium. Great atmosphere, great performance and great result almost so yeah that's my my main my main takeaway was you know it's been said twice on the post-match podcast in the last couple of weeks that was bloody fun that was brilliant fun last night and I felt I felt honoured to be treated to to my team playing against Chelsea like that I mean I mean I know you're saying that we're not big time Charlies but we've also got Charlie Briggsy B in the house and now I think he's a big time Charlie (laughs) he's he's big he's big time yeah yeah that's right that's right yeah and talk about Big Charm Charlie Briggsy B and what you say about the main takeaway. Um, very similar to Laney, really. Just I, I, I couldn't really believe it that final twenty-five minutes or so where we were we took the champions of Europe absolutely to the sword. Um, they couldn't really get out of their own box for the last twenty-five minutes. Um, and yesterday, yesterday to me felt like almost an upgrade of an atmosphere. I thought, bearing in mind we are one 0 down, it was absolutely unbelievable the atmosphere every time that we got the ball up every throw in was cheered like it was something mental was happening it was just an unbelievable day out um and then also I just think again similar to the West Ham game a lot of squad players impressed me yesterday um I think Zanka had another really good game players like Godos when they came on looked really good so I just think as a squad we're sort of really taking shape in the league and I think you know a, a lot of things I read last night were saying that we're pretty much staying up now, according to lots of pundits' views. Um, but it does just feel that we've settled. I think that's what I took from yesterday. Um, we're here, and yeah, hopefully for a long time. Yeah, I mean, again, I think lots of Brentford fans will think the same, and lots of neutrals and lots of probably even lots of Chelsea fans, to be quite fair. You know, as it is, I mean, the main takeaway from me, I think, is um, you know, I was feeling a little bit. A little bit deflated when we let in that goal, you know, even though, you know, Chelsea were good in the first half. And I think we kind of held them to Rome, but we could see that, you know, I'll talk about this a bit later, that we actually, uh, in the last probably 10 minutes of that half, we felt it was slipping away from us and we wanted half-time to come. And them to have scored so close on half-time, probably, probably know how the West Ham fans felt a couple of weeks ago, actually. So that was a little bit of a gutter and you could feel that deflation going into the second half. And at that stage, I have to admit, I was thinking, mm, Chelsea, 1-0 up, there's no way we're going to get back into this game you know the fans feel deflated you feel the team you know is probably going to feel deflated after that but I think the one takeaway I thought is just don't ever give up on a Brentford that never gives up because we don't ever give up and we just took it to a few new gears and uh and listen you know like I said I've been going to see this team for long enough but I, I, I've got to slap myself on the on the on I've got to slap myself and just say Billy you got that completely wrong there and we should have just stayed with the team and sort of picked them up the same they do as well and also the other thing is um as I know they use the term fine margins in football quite a lot it's such a cliche 
But, you know, there was actually fine margins here because Chelsea, interestingly, if you listen to our podcast, the pre-Chelsea podcast, we had the Will the Spreadsheet Winker, and he actually predicted this where he said that, you know, Chelsea have only let in three goals from nine XG against, okay, which basically means that people seem to hammer their goal, but they don't seem to let in very many goals, which he said that it seemed to say that Chelsea are actually very lucky in defence. But also, I think the argument is to say that actually they're very good defenders. And I think there's a fine line between being sort of lucky stroke unlucky and good defending. And I thought that Chelsea were just bloody good defenders. They were throwing themselves on the line. They were predicting where we we're going to be putting the ball. And yes, they had a bit of a rub of the green, but I just thought they were really, really, really good and Probably any other team that we would have played that day, we would have beaten them. But with Chelsea, with that defence, they were just on the money. So, you know, fair play to them. So those are the, the, the fine margins and the main takeaways that I took from that game. And, yeah, and Laney, I mean, just quickly to say, Gary Lineker as well. I mean, he was fairly impressed, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I like the Lineker. He, he said, basically, if this was a boxing match, the referee would have stopped it. And um, I've just pieced together a, a, some video, um, which I'll put up. Um, it should be up by the time you uh, listen to this. Um, and we literally did bombard their game. It's not, you know, if you saw the highlights on Match of the Day or, or you've watched the highlights on, on Sky, they cut out quite a, quite a, quite a lot of the pressure. Um, you know, if it's probably about... 10 to 15 balls or passes we put into the danger area in the last 15 minutes and it, it was right they, they were rocking and you know I, I called it wrong um, I thought Mendy was was a bit bit of a bit of a weak link but he he proved what what why he's a world-class goalkeeper yesterday and you know I, I echo what you've said kind of uh, uh, just then Bill to be honest with you there was there was snapshots of world-class right in front of us you know I thought N'Golo Conte was just incredible um, and you know he was, we've, we've, we've been treated to, to some of the, the some some of the players that we've you know we've we've welcomed to uh, New Griffin Park and uh, yeah I, 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 I think Lineker and a few others seem to uh, to get it they get they get the Brentford there's a few others that don't and I'll we'll talk about them later yeah, and talk about match of the day. If you check out match of the day two today, actually there's or today on Sunday's match of the day two, there's going to be a special Brentford feature actually featuring all Brentford from what I can gather on that. So definitely check that out because uh, probably have a few faces on there that you'll probably probably see. I think they had cameras in the crowd and all sorts of stuff like you know. Say no more about that one, but it's it's, it's quite mad to think that Brentford are actually going to be featured on match of the day, other than being actually in a in a cup tie in a cup match. They had the, the FA Cup draw today actually, which I was very excited about. First round of the FA Cup, even though. It's got nothing to do with us. But anyway, I digress because, listen, we've talked about the main takeaways. We're going to go to the opposition to find out what their main takeaway was. And we had Stamford Chidge on our podcast before, actually, and he was great, actually, just telling us about Chelsea. And he's given us his main takeaway from the match on Saturday. Stamford Chidge from the Chelsea Fancast here. Uh, I've had to have a lie down for the last two and a half, three hours after that game. Bloody hell. Um, it was quite something, wasn't it? I mean, we were, I thought, in complete control for the first half and, you know, the beginning of the second half, I suppose. Same old problem for Chelsea, really, uh, on top, but can't can't bury a side, can't put the ball in the back of the net, which was a bit of a problem last year or something we hoped we would have sorted with Lukaku. Brilliant Chilwell goal, has to be said. Really, really pleased with him. Great technique. Uh, second half, different story. I thought uh, Frank did really, really well. And uh, they put uh, was it was it Foss on uh, on uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek who was having a really good game uh, up until that point, and that kind of evened things out. And uh, you know we made some subs, we brought Mount on, 
uh, took Kovacic off, who I thought was actually having a poor game. But it kind of gave the initiative, I think, to to, to Brentford, who who didn't really play badly all day. I mean, they they struggled to get into the game first half, as I said, but you you were not playing badly. Um, but anyway, I think we dropped off. We dropped off too much in the in the second half, and it and it really handed it to you. I thought the crowd were fantastic. I mean, both supporters really, but you lot make a racket. Came across uh, loud and clear on the TV. And uh, how we hang, hung on for those last 20 minutes, I will never know. I mean, I think one word really, Mendy, absolutely outstanding, world-class, world-class goalkeeping. And that is the only reason we won that game. And I think on another day, as your manager said, we may well have lost that, let alone draw it. So, uh, yeah, brilliant game. Really enjoyed it, although way too tense for somebody of my age to be having to put up with. But I'd certainly give it like an 8 out of 10, not least because we won. Uh, brilliant atmosphere, as I said. And uh, in terms of fairness on your wonderful uh, kind of uh, uh, metric, I'd say it's 50. Um, it was quite unfair for you. I mean, in, in a way, as I said, you, you should have got something out of that game. But I think I'm really glad to see how resilient we are and to battle through a really good side. Brentford are a good side, but to battle through that and come away with all three points when Liverpool only drew there. That's a good result for us, and uh, that's the kind of thing that champions do, isn't it? They uh, they cling on, they get, they find a way, and we did. But well done, you lot. No worries about you lot going down this year. You are a good side. Anyway, Stanford Chidge over and out, and uh, hopefully speak to you soon. So that was Stanford Chidge with the opposition main takeaway. And I'm just going to go back to you, Laney. What was your give us your marks out of ten for that game? Because obviously Chidge has just given us his ones. What do you reckon? I'll go quite high again. I mean, it was a it was a real cracker. Eight eight out of ten, I'd say. Thor- thoroughly eight. enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. And the Briggsy? Uh, it's hard to disagree with eight. I'll go. I'll go nine because I think all it was missing was a go as a as a game. It was unbelievable. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Higher than Bruce. Bruce four sides are higher, higher. <laughs> so listen. So um, I mean, listen. The Brentford players, listen. They they gave their heart and their soul in that game. So I just want to know, Brentford eye catcher for you, Laney. Who is who is the player that really caught your eye? I have to give credit where credit's due to Captain Pontus Janssen. I, I I thought he was he he really has stepped up this season, and and I know. Um, he still still hasn't scored, and he, and he almost took Mendy's head off um, with that shot one of, when we were peppering their goal towards the end. But he he camped himself pretty much in in their penalty area for the last ten minutes of the game. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's he's organised us. He's he's had two um, two partners, um, and uh, he's 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 really you know with Aya there, and then obviously he's got Zanka there as well, and, and Pinnock. They they are they are all stepping up to mark, but Pontus, I I I did fear that he he wouldn't be able to, and I, again proved wrong. Yeah, he had a good game. Pontus, like I said to you, he really did. I mean, there definitely was ball in face as far as Mendy was concerned when he when he planted that ball. I and mean, like I said, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where Royal Oak B told us that Pontus used to be a striker until the age of twenty one as well. So you can see he's really trying to get his striking boots on there. Um, eye catcher for you. Um, the well, luckily, I'd written down two because my first one was Janssen. I thought that was his best game of the season. But my other eye-catcher was Norgard. I thought Norgard, especially because he was next to Janssen, who struggled a bit during that first half, but Norgard was breaking up so many attacks um, and then also was getting forward, winning loads of headers from long throws and very nearly scoring what I think would have been one of the best goals of the season with that overhead kick. Um, I thought he was absolutely great. 
and did really well, especially when there was a lot of pressure on. He just sort of sat back and kept finding passes through the lines. Um, so yeah. Norgard was really good, I thought. No, I hear that as well. And we're all, we're all sort of thinking about the same sort of players. For me, Norgard, I thought, was tremendous. And that goal would have really capped off a great performance for him. And the fact that he actually got himself forward as well, like, you know what I'm saying, is like, like, they're all going for that. I mean, literally, when we were going for Chelsea, we were going for them. And Norgard was playing a great part in that. But I'm going to give the, the defenders some props today because I think that, you know, looking at who we were playing and how difficult it's going to be. Obviously, Laney talked about Pontus and Pontus was, you know, at the back, played very well. Also up front, you know, in trying to get us uh, ahead and nearly scoring once again um, but I'm going to go Ethan Pinnock I thought you know he's just uh, he, he is a rock and he is unbelievable that guy was playing for Dulwich Hamlet what four or five seasons ago you know when I saw him play at, um, at East Thurrock in the playoff final then you know and that was in the Isthmian League Premier Division and now he's playing against Chelsea and he is commanding our defence with his uh, defensive buddies of course Like, and I think Pinnock I'll give him an 8 out of 10 I'll have to give him an 8 out of 10 Did you, give me, you, gave, me, you gave me marks didn't you guys? Did no you I didn't I'll give, yeah. I'll give Pontus an 8 as well um, yeah. he, would, he would have got a 9 if we had a 9 or 10 if we'd had a clean sheet and he scored a goal so I'm a bit of a, bit of a perfectionist yeah. <laughs> a Brickstar? Brick I'll also have to give Norgard an 8 because I don't think I can make him even either better than Janssen or Pinnock. So by default, yeah. gets an eight. That's right. So, so like I said to you, players, giving them the props, like I said, but the whole team, you know, you, if you wanted to really give them scores, it'd be the whole team, in, especially in that second half. Talking about the opposition, though, because, look, again, we had Champions of Europe coming down to us, and I have to remind people it wasn't Leeds United because we got really confused because we were expecting <laughs> to see the old white shirts and everything like that, you know, turning up and, you know, Bielsa sitting on his little uh, bathtub thing, you know, by the side of the pitch. But it just didn't happen because it was uh, actually Chelsea there who are apparently they're the real Champions of Europe and Leeds were never actually Champions of Europe, but they keep telling us they are. So uh, <laughs> the opposition, so we're talking about the, um, the opposition danger person, I think, for... Uh, the Charlie, the Briggsie, for you, who was your opposition danger person? Um, well, I think obviously, I think Kante was probably their best, their best player overall. But one player that really caught my eye throughout the whole game was Ruben Loftus Cheek. I thought he was really good, and he has this magical ability that's a bit. It's quite similar to Tumani back in the day, where he sort of picks the ball up quite deep and just turns about two men in one motion, and about three times he just completely rinsed Jensen um, in the midfield and I just thought he was far better than I was expecting so I think he was my my Chelsea eye catcher and what marks out of 10 I'll give him a solid I'll give him a seven okay seven out of ten it's interesting as well I was on the Chelsea fan cast podcast beforehand <laughs> I'm after drinking quite a lot of wine actually if you probably check it out still it's a uh, it's quite hilarious I was uh I was sitting there with what's it Keris Matthews and uh, Adil Ray the old uh, citizen Khan as well that's some do in town I end up doing this podcast fully Fully, fully. Oh, could you hear them? Jets are going over. Those are the jets that are going to the NFL. Actually, they've literally flown over my house. Actually, you can hear that now. So it's quite mad, isn't it? Yeah. You know. So yeah, those are, those are the jets that are going off to, to Tottenham to go and see the Miami Dolphins play. I can't remember who they're playing now. It's the moment now. So the jets, mad jets, gone over. Just gone to the NFL. But just coming back to this, uh, the Chelsea eye catcher for you, opposition Laney. Um, I, I, I'm struggling to, I mean, it was lots of eye catchers. I'm struggling to look past Edouard Mendy though. I mean, you know, I think he, he would be man of the match. He, he literally put his body on the line. Uh, the, the, the tip over from Norgard, the ball in face. Um, it, it, he, he was, he was literally involved in everything. Um, 
you know, some some of our finishing was was a little bit wayward as well. Um, if I'm being being honest, you know, um, and Boimo, he's he's going to get his GCSE in woodwork for sure. Um, he, he, you know, he has he's surely they're going to have to start going in, or better, hopefully they start going in and not just wide. Um, so yeah, Mendy for me was was my eye catcher, and you've got to give him nine or ten out of ten. You know, that, that's all that's all he's there for is to stop the ball going in the net, and he did that. Yeah, I mean, Mendy had a great game. Um, I mean, interestingly, obviously, kind of he had so much to do in the second half. He probably had sort of slightly less to do in the first half. I mean, I know the stats were, and again, I'll have to look at it. I think there were 17 shots to five. I think it was roughly around about that. Again, I haven't got the figures in front of me, but it was roughly around about 17 to five. Mm. And it was seven shots to Brentford to um, seven shots from Brentford um, to one to on target to one. From uh, Chelsea, which I think is that's the key stat for me, which is which is pretty amazing. But you know, Mendy basically did what he had to do. I mean, I had him down as my opposition uh, danger person, but um, and also Conte. I thought Conte was brilliant, but interestingly, Conte was brilliant in the first half. I think it was, and in the second half, and, and Loftus Cheek as well, because you're talking about Loftus Cheek, and I, that's the thing I was going to talk about. The Loftus Cheek, the Chelsea fan cast guys pointed him out, saying Loftus Cheek, uh, if we if we play him. He's going to cause problems uh, in midfield for Brentford, and we actually negated that, I think, by making the substitutions. I think when Force came on, and that sort of negated sort of kind of how much sort of kind of space he was getting, um, and 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 imposing himself on the game. But I thought that um, Kante first half was brilliant. Second half, I think that you know I'm not being funny, but it was Brentford in the second half, so I think that Kante probably didn't have as much hold on the game in the second half. But for me, just the Chelsea defence, and I'm talking about Melang Sarr, who I think that was his first actually um, starting game for Chelsea, or maybe. His first game for Chelsea, I thought it was brilliant. I thought their defenders were they were incredible, and there was the, it was the difference between them losing three one and 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 beating us one nil. They were they were on another level. I thought you know. So to be fair, like I said to Sar, I'm going to give him actually a nine out of ten because I just thought you know the way that them lot played, I thought they were it was quality. You know, but anyway, we like. I think this is a little section that we like the stinker. The stinker of the match, you know, and I'm going to go over to you, Laney, because I know that you've got some pongy ponginess going on, haven't you? Well, I'm going to cheat and have two, but um, oh. the, am I allowed? Not. Oh, I'm no, going to no, do, no, do it. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, the stinker, my stinker of the match was um, I just called to say I love you by Stevie Wonder, the song that was played at, just as the halftime whistle went. Um, uh, what on earth was that about? I mean, who put who put the uh, Put the 10p in the uh, the new Griffin Park jukebox for that one. I have actually got the answer to that. I think it's Matthew Benham. Um, yes. I've heard that he has the he has the first song um, of half time. He, he chooses it every game, so yeah. we have him to blame for that. We've got a lot to, to thank him for, but um, yeah, I'd, um, I'd, I think he can knock that nonsense on the head. Benham out. <laughs> <laughs> ben, yeah, yeah, out right yeah. out um, for that. Yeah. But by my actual one, I'm going to go from Mika Richards, um, uh, stinker of the game. He he he, he he's doing it every week now. He, he won't give us any credit, and I'm not. I'm so not, this is on this is on match on, of the day. On match of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, match of the day. Mika Richards. When, when he stopped giggling, um, I'd, I'd, I'd like him to sort of educate me about you know what what I've watched, but. He doesn't. He, he's, he's quite salty. He's obviously taking an opinion on us that we're not worthy to be there. Um, and um, although, you know, Timo Werner said they were lucky in the last 20 minutes, he said they, they, Chelsea weren't lucky. Um, and, but all the stats prove that, you know, they were hanging on for dear life 
um, and he was just saying he just all he would wanted to do was like you know pat pat Mendy on the back, which you know fair play, you know Mendy did have a blinder, but you have to say you have to realise that we put him under the pressure that he had to do that. So you know this seems to be a very big reluctance to give us credit, and I think that's it's getting a little bit salty now. So yeah, he's my stinker. It's interesting because I was on Five Live with him on the Monday Night Club a couple of weeks ago. Actually, you can still check out on PradoWest.London. And I was chatting to him and he kind of backed off a little bit because I kind of went head on head with him because I knew that I've heard him in the past and basically he hasn't given us any credit. When when we beat Chelsea, he was a little bit like, oh, Brentford are all bluster, Brentford are all bluster. And I kind of, I think I corrected him on, on a number of, yeah, a number of things of saying that, you you know, you pundits, you always think in one particular way based on history, you know, come on, let's start listening, you know, let's start actually just watching games and sort of kind of giving people credit where it's due. Um, and I remember he, he said to me, I think, and I have to listen back to it, but I'm pretty sure he said to me something like, you know, I talked about us selling different players and then still going on forward and getting better. And then he goes, oh, I'm, I'm a good mate with Scott Hogan, you know, because I talked about selling Scott Hogan. He said, oh, I'm a good mate with Scott Hogan. And, uh, you know, so I know a lot about Brentford because of Scott Hogan. And then he just, there's a pause. And I was just think, waiting for him to actually say, well, go on then. But he didn't say anything. And I don't know if, whether or not he's like, you know, I don't know what it was, but he kind of like insinuated that there was something that wasn't quite, that he didn't quite like about Brentford. I, I don't, maybe I'm just making that up anyway. So, but I'd like to go up against him again. I mean, I might go against him again in a, in a few weeks' time and, and I could see if I could sort of start taking him well, down. Like, you if, know? You, if, you, if you can stop him giggling, you might, you might get some sense <laughs> out of him. <laughs> yeah, so that's all good. So listen, so, I mean, that's your stinker, Laney. Um, and I'm going to ask you, Mark, so did you give us a stinker on the stinkability uh, factor? I, yeah, he's, uh, he's getting on my tits now. So 10, he can have a 10. Charlie the bridge to be Um, well I'm going to go for an on pitch stinker which was Hmm. uh, the Matar Jensen of the first 45 minutes Um, I just thought he really struggled to get into the game Um, and just he's one of those players Jensen who on his day I think is absolutely fantastic but he just sometimes when his passes don't come off He's a player that really generates groans from fans because he just tries to do these passes. And at least he's trying, but they just sort of they come out and it, you know, it, it sometimes just looks a bit out of it. Um, and Kante just ran him ragged first half. But second half, credit where it's due, I thought he was really good as soon as he dropped back deeper. So it is only the first half, Matthias Jensen, that I'll give my stinker to. Second half was decent. Oh, okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And for me, I mean, I'm going to go straight. I don't normally give stinkers for players because I just sort of think it's fair enough. You know, it's normally the ref gets it or the crowd or the toilets or the non-beer or something like that. But I'm actually going to go sort of quite obvious. And it was for me, it was either Werner or Werner or Lukaku I was going to go. And I was just thinking, you know, and I thought, is that obvious giving it to Lukaku or Werner? But I just think the fact that they came with so much expectation with Chelsea and I was really expected them to, in effect, run us ragged and Lukaku to absolutely bully and and, and, and run us down. And, 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 and I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, is it Werner? Because he missed a couple of shots which he maybe should have put in the back of the net. You know, one of those things. But I think I'm going to give it to Lukaku just because of the hype. The fact that he's come in with so much big money and we were a team that he was meant to have bullied and scored lots of goals against and uh, and it just didn't happen and they, they ended up subbing him off. So I think the stinker of the match for me has got to be Lukaku and it's got to be a big that nine. I haven't quite gone ten, but I think nine is is big enough for me on the stinker front for uh, for for that match. So, um, guys, I'm going to ask you positives and negatives. Roll them into one for that game. Um, Charlie, the Briggsy B. Um, it's almost hard to separate that. I'd say positives was just 
going toe to toe with Chelsea. Um, and again, I mentioned it earlier. I think a lot of the players that came on, uh, that was a sort of turning point. I think as soon as Godos Fours came on, I mean, I don't know what formation we were playing at the end there. Fours was almost playing like a ten, wasn't it? Um, I just think positives is just yeah, these players that are now coming in. And there was a few times early in the season where it was a bit worrying watching some of them, like Forest Green, but they're coming in and they're actually changing the game. Um, Godos was sort of a right wing back at the end and he actually did really well. Um, but negatives, uh, on pitch, I'd say my one negative is that sometimes there's a bit, a bit too much of a gap between our midfield and attackers. I think Chelsea with Kante sort of made it really hard for us to actually give Mbwemo and Tony much of the ball um, up top. But I mean... Second half more than made up for it, and we uh, we got in behind plenty of times. So ne- there weren't really too many negatives. Um, yeah, again, maybe just Jensen's first half, but <laughs> but I don't want to hate on him too much. No, no, um, Lainey? Uh Positives. Uh, I think the an, another example of uh, the, the the formation uh, presets that we seem to have. We can press different buttons and we go to different different modes and um, I think as Charlie just said God knows what we're playing at the end with Godos seeming to be right back and coming forward but everyone was everywhere I mean even David Raya came up didn't he you know but he didn't come up in the last minute he came up before then um, yeah, we, we were all over the place making it very hard for them to, to know what to, to you know how, how to kind of cope with us and obviously they had their zonal marking system but, and we were kind of trying to get round that by knocking the long you know headers back and forward across the box and then sort of like trying to trying to drag them out of their 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 set positions and it and it almost it almost works i think positive is kind of like the intelligence negatives um again i'm not going to beat up on him but Mbwemo's finishing is 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 a his overall game is 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 great His, his partnership with ivan tony is great but his finishing is is pretty stinky, um, and you know uh, it, uh, that can't continue. So, um, you but know, that, but seriously, don't you, I mean, don't you think that's going to come? I'm not being funny, but yeah, that's, that, what you know. that's what I said. That's what I was just that's yeah. what I was saying. It's going to come. I said so. So I was not going to be up on him. It's, it's streaky at the moment. Is 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 everything he hits isn't isn't going in the back of the net almost? So he's got a couple of goals, but one of them he needed goal line technology, otherwise it wouldn't have been given. Um, I know it's still a goal, but um, you know. Um, in, a, in, a, in another time, that wouldn't have gone in. So, um, yeah, again, I'm not going to beat up on him, but it is, it is something that is a negative. It will come good, though. Yeah, and for me, positive looking at that game is the fact that um, when we did a little uh, podcast a few weeks back and we were trying to work out how many points we're going to get over the next sort of four games, you know, the West Ham, Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea and Leicester, you know, and this one was definitely one where we thought we were going to get no points, nil point at all. We just thought there was absolutely no chance. So let's try and rack up as much as we can do before then. And the fact that we actually are gutted that we didn't get three points, never mind one point, to me is a positive because I think it shows where we are. Because if that's the barometer we're putting ourselves at now, I'm thinking that, you know, again, we're still in survival mode. Bees have got to survive in this division. It's not a case of like, you know, I mean, we do tongue in cheek saying about the Europa League. And we had that song on the on the, the West Ham podcast after the West Ham podcast last time where the guys were talking about, you know, are you going to book EasyJet or Ryanair? Like, you know, that's Fleet John and his boys, you know what I'm saying? Which is quite a good song that, you know, for, uh, for the Europa League, um, we're on our way, we're on our way. But, you know, jokes aside... You know, we're looking at survival still so that we can stay in this league next season and we can um, invest more money and then we can actually kind of rise up the table as such. 
So this Chelsea game has just made me even more confident that we will be able to compete. I mean, like I said, you know, as I said on the, well, I don't know if it's going to come out, but match a day, you know, they asked me and I said to them, look, you know, we, we, we went toe to toe with Chelsea and we battered them in the last 20 minutes. And, you know, we didn't get the result we would do, but somebody is going to get a bit of a battering from us at some stage, you know what I'm saying? And I really do believe that. And I think that's really, really quite important. So, so for me, you know, the positives are, are that. The negative, I have to say, is got to be, um, and there's a positive in that, but the fact that, you know, you're looking at our, when, when, when we got players out, we were weakened by this side. And we were quite heavily weakened. And, on a, and you might say that's a positive because you've played Chelsea and you've still got, you know, played very well with, you know, two, three um, key players out. But it's also that kind of fragility, you know, a lot of people have talked about it, is that if you go into Christmas time, you know, if you've got weakened sides, you know, um, it may cost you. And it's a little bit of a fear as to what how this may cost us because we can easily be one or two or three down. And in our heads, we think actually we're quite weak, even though we've really performed really well. So I'm a little bit, little bit nervous by that we could see ourselves a little bit, little bit, little bit short, you know, in a couple of months time. Because, um, I mean, the LR says it quite a lot that our squad probably isn't big enough. And that leads me to think, are we going to actually invest in the transfer window? Because we didn't spend, I mean, we just about spent the Ollie Watkins and Boomer money, and uh, not Boomer, but Benrahma money at the moment now. <laughs> you know, we've still got other money in the pot, including 150 million or whatever it is from the Premier League. Are we going to spend a little bit more at that in the, in the, in the window in January to actually try and get ourselves up to a, a bigger strength, which will actually carry us through? That is the big question. So, listen, on the day itself, we're talking about fans, we're talking about away day, we're talking about atmosphere, we're talking about just a day out. Um, Laney, talk to me about that. I thought the atmosphere was good. Um, both sets of fans. Uh, Chelsea, I, I heard, oh, we couldn't hear them in the West End, and that's not to say they weren't loud. Um, and I, 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 we're going to have to suss this out. I wouldn't mind listening, to, you know, watching a game from somewhere else so you can get a kind of a better better perception of the noise um, that's, that's coming from the away end. But I heard that they were noisy, um, and I heard on the post-match pod someone was saying they, they, they were giving it you know, full on to the Brentford fans um, in, in, in that stand. So, um, and I thought everyone behaved themselves yesterday. I thought there was, a, there was potential for moodiness around the ground. Um, there was some sirens and um, some vans that were going off. Apparently it kicked off in one of the parks near the stadium. I don't know anything more than that, so I'm not going to comment because it, it, I don't know any information. But um, I, I thought... The, the you know there was there was there was potential for moodiness as I say and there wasn't any that I saw or witnessed I thought that it was very good humoured and afterwards as well so yeah overall I thought it was a very positive uh, new West London derby um, atmosphere and I'm looking forward to the next one at Stamford Bridge marks out of ten um, I give it an eight eight out of ten okay okay Charlie. Um, yeah, I, I sort of uh, agree with Laney. It seems that in the new stadium, there's this weird sort of uh, blank spot where you just can't hear away fans. I don't know what it is, um, but yeah, I couldn't hear them. But I have also heard that they're very good. Um, and I thought Brentford fans were great yesterday as well. Lots of noise. Even though we were 1-0 down, it felt like we were sort of looking for a winner as opposed to getting an equaliser. Uh, and I thought all the Brentford fans were really good. Um, a few Chelsea podcasts I've listened to Yesterday, we were even saying that they're thrilled to have this new sort of quite heated derby. So I think from their end, it must have been really good atmosphere. Um, so I think that's quite exciting. And yeah, I, I, I thought it was all in quite good good faith as well. So I'll give it an 8 out of 10 as well. 
Yeah, and I mean, Laney, we did our, uh, we, listen, it worked for the Liverpool game, we thought, so let's see if we could do it again. So he actually started off, did a, in Lasso land, Ted Lasso land, down at the Prince's Head in uh, in Richmond, and we went and had a little Lasso breakfast, and then walked our way up to Kew again, and had a few beers at the Cricketers in Kew, before we watched a fuller match there with a couple of my Chelsea mates, Chelsea chums, Russ and uh, Dean as well. So uh, it sort of started off, and we thought, yeah, listen, this is starting off quite nicely, actually. And then we headed off down to the Globe afterwards for uh, for the game, so. So that was the pre-match kind of vibe that we had. But what I did notice is that the atmosphere before wasn't wasn't quite the same as Liverpool. It's almost like Liverpool, there was this, this buzzing, there's this real excitedness. Whereas this, I don't know whether or not it was like we got used to it or we felt that we're going to come against a hard game or we knew that there's a couple of players that are out that are injured. But it seemed a little bit slightly flatter before the game. Um, not not many Chelsea fans also sort of kind of sort of mingled in on an hour end as well with the with the Bees fans as well. So you were kind of sort of in your own little own little zone as well. So that's what I kind of felt before that. So, yes, I mean, there was a few canal and them lot from uh, England's uh, Block 109 was down there with us in the pub and a few of them. But it wasn't the same kind of sort of buzziness because it's a London derby, I suppose. So that, for me, was okay. But uh, in the stadium itself, I thought it was good. I thought in the first half we were make, trying to make some noise. But it, again, it wasn't quite the same, and especially when they knocked the goal. It was a little bit flat. But then the second half, it was incredible. And the noise that was made was unbelievable. So I'm going to actually give it an 8 out of 10 as an overall because of that second half, which is really great. And the day itself, and it was quite a nice day. Yeah, I'll give it an 8 out of 10 overall. Chelsea fans were, you know, we saw from them, they're all right, you know. Um, you know, it'll be interesting if we meet them next year, what the, uh, you know, how they will be next year if we meet them as well. But anyway, I mean, we're talking about that game and uh, obviously we're going away on that post-match podcast, Pride of West.London. Check it out. A lot of Bees fans are like, they're gutted that we didn't get a point. Some people might say we should have got three points. So the fairness of this result, and like I said, with you, we check out the fairness. Uh, InfoGoal's got a fairness rating. You know, and 100 means it was 100% fair. And I think 0% means it was completely and utterly not fair. Normally, if it's quite badly not fair, I think it goes down to 30 or 40%, you know, 40 out of 100, something like that. So I'm just going to ask you, Laney, on the fairness result, um, you know, where are we here for you on the fairness? Uh First half, obviously, it was fair. Second half, very unfair. Very, very unfair. Uh, Thomas Frank said, you play that game ten times, we win nine of them. Not quite sure that's correct, but somewhere higher than a five or a six. So I am going for a fairness score of 30%. It's unfair. Unfair. Okay, 30 out of 100, okay. And uh, Charlie? I will, yeah, I think similar sort of numbers. I think first half, whilst I did have a lot of the ball and looks a lot better, they didn't really create too many chances apart from the goal, um, highlighted by their one shot on target all game. Uh, but I think I'll go for, I'll go 45%, um, just because oh, I think they might oh. slightly overdo that first half. Okay, right. And, 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 and just looking at the stats as well, and if you check out the podcast on Thursday, I'm sure Will the Wits Spreadsheet Winker will talk about this a lot more. I mean, on the XG front, Brentford are too fully, fully out, smashed, smashed them to pieces on the XG, if you believe in XG. And like I said to you, XG obviously means something because it's got Brentford for where it is at the moment now. And that's how we kind of, you know, that's how we've just modelled our, our club. And 2.16 to 0.31. Um, which is, like I said to you, which is pretty amazing. You know, 2.16 to 0.31. 
Um, Chelsea, they got it from pretty much one chance, which is actually very small, and lots of small little chances, but we had massive, great big red bubbles in the area. So, uh, you know, if you just look at that from respect, you know, I think there's probably quite a lot of unfairness that has gone on. Um, and, you know, but the thing is that Chelsea did take their chance. It was a really good goal that they scored, and that's fair. I think that is a point of difference. And what I've noticed this with us is that we um, the chance the goals that we've let in, other than a couple of Liverpool goals, because sort of forget that. But the other games, the Aston Villa game, and the um, what's it, there's another game and the Brighton game. Okay, if you notice the goals that have been scored, they've almost been quite similar. They've been a kind of ball going out to somebody on the edge of the area, and he's found space. And then, bang, put the ball in the back of the net. And it's almost like we've been quite it's slow to react. And I'm not being unfair to the players, but slow to react. Or what's happened is that the anticipation not there. So the ball came out to him and he's waving his hands in the air from time. And Brian and Bumo is behind him. And I was quite surprised as to why Brian and Bumo didn't come in and try and see if he can close him down or do something. Because it was really obvious that, you know, Chilwell was air on the edge of the area. I don't know if they thought, actually, there's no way he's going to score. You know, but, you know, that, that's a little bit frustrating. So I think that's maybe something that they're going to work on more in training as to you know um obviously players just picking up on on the edge of the area so yeah so yeah so for me the fairness rating i'm going to give that game is uh charlie is quite on near to me as well so i'm gonna have to go oh, i'm gonna have to go 40 for that i'm gonna go for 40 i'm gonna go for 42 42 on my fairness rating on this one as well <laughs> so um yeah so let's uh, let's see how that spends out like i said to you um so league recap um I think to, to league recap at the moment, Brentford seventh place. And this is before the Sunday matches have actually started as well. Um, technically, Spurs could go above us if they beat Newcastle. And West Ham could also go above us if they draw beat Everton. So we could be down to ninth place. We've got 12 points. We're two points behind Man United who are currently in fifth place. And they could drop down to sixth place by the end of the day or maybe even seventh if somebody scores a hat full of goals. But we're also six points off Leeds who are in 17th place who are just one place above the relegation zone. So uh, talk to me about that, Laney. Yeah, I thought there were two. I, I, I've moved on from looking over my shoulder, but I still want the, I still want those relegation places completely and utterly sewn up as quickly as possible. So you know, I, I think we we obviously are going to be we are looking higher and up and up rather than down and below. But I think um, Watford getting smashed at home to uh, uh, to Liverpool puts puts our three all draw in perspective and and our attitude and the way we approach the game and and the, and the way we we possess threats. Great to see them lose. It's always great to see Warford lose. Um, and then, obviously, Norwich, although it was a nil-nil draw and they picked up another point, they're kind of languishing still. Um, I hope Newcastle will lose again today um, for lots of reasons, but more, more the biggest reason is the fact that I don't think they're a very good team and I want the not-very-good teams to continue to lose. So us being a good one, um, we're, we're, we're sort of moving way away from them. Uh, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think Burnley lost as well. So, yeah, there's some, there's some, there were some good results. Um, just wish we picked up another point. You know, two two one nil defeats is the only thing that we've lost this year. Though it's incredible. We could we could easily still be unbeaten if Mbumo puts goals away against Brighton and he and he's been, he puts one of them away yesterday. We're still unbeaten. That that's how the margins are going. It's absolutely incredible, mate. Yeah, and um, uh, Charlie, I mean, for you, I mean, just this, this league recap. You know, how how are you looking at it? Well, it's just I mean, it's still you still have to pinch yourself a bit, don't you? Um, anything above. 17th feels like a great success so we're sort of it's, it's quite nice actually in the league at the minute because 
even yesterday, there's no real pressure on the game because we're so far ahead of where I expected to be that if you lose, you lose. Um, but same as Laney, first thing I do is check to see how the other promoted teams have got on and make sure that those relegation spots are all sewn up. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think Watford, I'd be really surprised if Ranieri managed to turn that around. So I'd say they had pretty much down. And then there's a few teams, there's a fair few teams that look a lot worse than us. So I think that's that's good to know. It is, and I tell you what I'd like actually, because obviously we had, um, uh, you know, we had Stamford Chidge as well, and he also gave his fairness rating. Just going back to the fairness rating, and even he, you know, he had to put his hand up and say that the fairness rating on this one was fairly low. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, you know, look, all the Chelsea out there, they know. I mean, I got loads of texts from my Chelsea mates just saying, "Oh my God, we pulled that one out of the bag. God, you must be really gutted." Oh, you know, you know, we got a right result there out of nothing. So you know, if that makes us feel any better, I mean, at the end of the day, I would have rather had the three points than people who are sort of kind of patting us on the back you know but still you know that's how it goes like you know but the league position you know we got Leicester coming up in our next game and you know Leicester at the time we thought oh that's gonna be a really tough one I'm not saying it's not going to be tough because obviously they turned around and beat Man United the other day but all of a sudden that game is looking in a slightly different um, reflection now isn't it Laney? Yeah, I'm very, I'm, I'm really concerned about this one. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily getting too carried away with their form. But they're still, you know, I mean, they got, you know, Madison and Vardy, and they got, they got all sort, all sorts of characters in their team that got, pose lots and lots of threats to us. So, yeah, it's gonna be, it, it's gonna be again, but a very open, fluid game of football where we probably. We, we start and stick in our in our more kind of natural uh, formations and it will be a, a, a proper a more of a toe to toe like a bit bit more of a West Ham encounter than a Chelsea and Liverpool one so uh, yeah it's going to be a very good team a very good game played by very two very good teams and I I really look forward to it. I wish it wasn't on the Sunday wish it was on the Saturday but it is what it is and I, I look forward to it nonetheless so listen uh, Charlie please give me your summing up. Um, just just an absolutely brilliant day um, from start to finish. I, I think my I should have said it from the main takeaway, but the fact that we've still yet to I've yet to come away from a game feeling that we didn't belong to to play in the fixture or anything like that. We still just turn up to every game, play well, and and yesterday was just an absolutely great example of the team's sort of mentality against these bigger teams and just absolutely fantastic. All it was missing was that Norgar bicycle kick, which I think would have still had me in quite a jubilant mood in a few months uh, so I do wish that went in but aside from that just a great game yeah, I'm going to ask, actually I'm going to ask that question I mean Laney as well I'm going to ask you as well but Laney what would have happened if that, that Norgard kick had gone in I mean I mean what would have happened or made us made us slight mess. I, think. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely. I mean, it was, it was building. You feel it building. You know what I'm saying? It was building so much. I mean, and that kick goes in in the sort of the you know the final minute. It would have been absolutely carnage, wouldn't it? Yeah, dear. isn't isn't the expression limbs? Yeah, um, I think yeah, <laughs> I think it, that would have happened. Yeah, there would have been there would have been uh, there would have been dancing on the streets of Brentford last night for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's right. Give us just something up then, Laney. Uh, summing up is uh, I wish we play that game with you now Aya and Wisa um, I, I think I think we draw a win that game um, I think the, we we needed the informed striker to, to come on and, and, and have another one but uh, yeah but summing up great night um, great 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 memories um, file it move on Leicester 
um, we need to get something out of that game. So a point or a point or three points. But hopefully we have players back in fitness for that one. So yeah, looking forward to it. And for me, I mean, you've said it all as well, and I've said it as well. You know, what what a performance, what a team. We know that we've arrived. I think more people. Summing up, is more people in the world have actually known that we arrived. They actually know who we are. We're not Bradford or Bradford or you know what they called us. You know, Brentwood and everything like that. We are actually Brentford, and we are actually you know quite a good side. And I think, if anything, we probably put ourselves down more than anybody else does. And uh, maybe summing up, maybe we need to kind of start just kind of giving ourselves a little bit more props and to be a little bit more, not say braggadocious, because I, I like the fact that Laney, as you said, that we're keeping it quite humble. But let's just give ourselves a little bit more, you know, let's give ourselves more, more props. And if you go to a team, you know, we can say to them, actually, you know, we, we, we did you today or we were very good today. You know what I'm saying? So rather than going apologetically, mm, yeah, yeah, you know, we actually kind of did quite well. So I think maybe just trying to keep humble, but having a little bit more, um, no, just give, Bill, giving a little bit more props. Bill, why to, don't we just to, give ourselves a little clap? Now, just give yeah, us yourself a clap. Well done. Well done. Well done. And well done, well Charlie, done. as well. Well done, Thanks, Charlie. guys. Yeah. That's right. Played well yesterday. So, listen. Yeah, that's right. So, listen. Anyway, um, don't forget, uh, check out, like I said, Match of the Day 2. There's going to be a Brentford special on Match of the Day 2, so check that out as well. Also, Black History Month. Brentford are doing a Black History Month where they are having a panel. There's a few people on the panel. I've got my notes here somewhere, but I think Marcus Gale's on it. Marcus Bean is on it. We've got Selma, who's in the, the, the women's team as well, on there. And there is, uh, I think there's one other player. Oh, yeah, there's a uh, Francis Joseph as well so they're going to be down there and they're going to be doing a little panel I think Chris Kamara is doing a little of an appearance by video as well because it's uh, it's about 40, is it 30, 40 years since uh, Chris Kamara actually joined Brentford so uh, you know so that's going to be quite interesting so check that out so it's going to be at the Water Museum on Monday I think it's around about 7 o'clock so check that out on the Brentford website also Fisher Athletic on Tuesday I'm going to Fisher I'm going to go down to Fisher and that's going to be a bit of a laugh actually so going down to see Fisher play Brentford in the London Senior Cup I think it is so uh, 7.45 kickoff. Fisher's just by Burn by the river quite a nice little pubs down there so I'm going to be doing a little bit I might come down with you I might come down for that yeah from with my fisher mates and just having a little bit of a laugh on Tuesday afternoon so that should be quite good don't forget to subscribe on all your favourite podcast channels and sort of give us a review if you have to as well don't forget to support us as well besotted.com forward slash beer as well thank you for all your support and all that but other than that like I said this is the weekend review thanks for listening to me my name's Billy Grant we've got Laney in the house good afternoon we've got Charlie the Briggs DB in the house as well happy Sunday that's right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the people again who've been coming up to us and saying they've given us a big thumbs up, saying that they've been supporting and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Thursday. We're going to have the Leicester City um, preview and, podcast and Leicester, as well. And Leicester City. And Leicester City preview podcast. Check that out. It's going to be fantastic as we're going to be going into following weekend. And fingers crossed if we can get that up and run and get three more points, then we're going to be even happier than we are now. But like I said, we had a great result against Chelsea. Well, we didn't have a great result against Chelsea. We had a great blame against Chelsea. We didn't quite get the result we wanted to do, but it doesn't matter because we're still very positive and we're bees in the house here Sunday afternoon. Have yourself a great weekend and a great week as we say. Come on, newbies. Come Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.